Today's episode is brought to you by Polyscale. Polyscale is a no-code, database edge cache for the world's most demanding data-driven applications. Scaling data-driven applications while maintaining a great user experience is hard. Milliseconds matter, and developers and DBAs have a myriad of technologies to engineer and integrate involving complex layers of caching, replicas, or even full database migrations, taking too much of your valuable time. Enter Polyscale. Polyscale's Edge platform is an AI-driven database cache-as-a-service that takes your current database and scales it infinitely, and with no code and no applications or databases to change. Polyscale intelligently caches data and queries compute closer to the user, providing extremely low-latency database reads from anywhere in the world, improving application performance and decreasing costs. It takes just minutes to set up and is truly plug-and-play. Check out Polyscale's Global Edge data platform, www.polyscale.ai, and sign up for a free account today. Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is The Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome back to The Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina, Hope everybody is doing well. By the time you're listening to this, it will most likely, no matter where you are, be the first day of spring, or at least the first day of spring in the the northern hemisphere. I think it's probably first day of fall in the southern hemisphere. I think I got that right. Um, But anyways, hope everybody's doing well. Uh, Spring is here, which means, as I mentioned a few times, the pollen is here. Uh, My eyes are watering. I probably sound very, very nasally. I apologize for that, but it's uh, it's about a about a month six about a month to six weeks where it's uh, it's a lot of head congestion. So I apologize to all of you who are listening to this and going, "Come on, dude, clean it out, clean out the pipes." Anyway, so everybody's doing well. Another Sunday perspectives, or as a few folks have come to call this, sort of a Sunday monologue. Uh, I don't really love the idea that it's a monologue. I like to think of it as a little bit of perspective, but I guess since I'm the only one talking, it is technically a monologue. Um, you know, as I as I mentioned on this, you know, usually the Sunday perspectives end up sort of falling into two buckets. I found uh, they weren't intentionally this way, but they sort of seem to have kind of fallen into these two buckets. One of them is, uh, you know, some perspective on some sort of technology, right? A historical perspective, you know, where things are going, um, some things like that. And then the other ones seem to fall into some sort of uh, kind of perspective on, you know, jobs and careers and things you can do to improve yourself and so on and so forth. So. This one, uh, I'm going to start off with a story, and then I'm going to, in the second half, I'll kind of explain where the perspective comes from. So, you know, I'm, I'm like a lot of you. I, I listen to quite a few diff- different podcasts, lots of different interests. And I was listening to one uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and it was with Conan O'Brien, who, uh, for those of you who are old enough, Conan O'Brien, uh, you know, comedian, uh, wrote for Saturday Night Live, is a writer for The Simpsons, um, you know, hosted his own late night talk show, ended up uh, running the, the Tonight Show, uh, eventually, you know, had some, some issues on there with Jay Leno, and eventually uh, went on to then run his own talk show again. Uh, but, you know, one of the really good uh, good comedians, or at least somebody that I, I enjoy, and he hosts his own podcast, and he does one where, uh, you know, oftentimes he's talking to celebrities. And he had sort of an interesting anecdote. He was talking to Slash, the lead guitar player from Guns N' Roses. And again, for those of you from a certain age, you'll know who that is. Uh, if you don't, um, if, and if you're all into rock and roll, go look up uh, Guns N' Roses and Slash, uh, quite a character. Anyways, they were talking about when uh, Slash had decided to pick up playing guitar. And he got to talking and he said, well, I think I was, 
Yeah, I think he said he was 14 or 15 years old. So he wasn't, you know, he wasn't sort of a child prodigy. He wasn't somebody who, you know, his parents had sort of, you know, put a guitar in his hand when he was three. And he said, you know, I just, you know, it was listening to some sort of music and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, got into it and sort of started learning to play. And so he, he started learning to play at a slightly later age. Maybe he was, you know, more of a teenager. And Conan made an interesting comment. And he said, yeah. He said, I was never a musician growing up. And uh, he said, I went through college and I sort of watched, you know, different people, you know, pick up guitar and sort of try and play a little bit. And he never, never really did it. And he said he got to be about 26 or 28 years old. And he sort of told himself, he said, you know, I think maybe I'm, I'm a little too old to be able to ever do that. I don't think I can ever do that. I'm, I'm kind of wrapped up in my career and, you know, I just, I don't necessarily feel like, you know, I have sort of the musical instinct in me. And he said, I, I don't know if I can ever do that. And then he proceeded to go on and sort of tell the story about how, um, you know, some people would come on the show and occasionally they would, you know, the band would come on the show or somebody would come on the show or they'd be backstage. And he just started playing around with somebody's guitar and sort of learning to strum a few chords. And he, you know, learned a few uh, key finger placements and, you know, eventually went on to become a reasonably enough uh, decent guitar player to the point where, you know, he wasn't in any sort of band. He wasn't trying to impress anybody. But he did end up incorporating it into some of his live shows. And it got me thinking about, um, you know, there are times in your life when you think, well, I, I'm sort of my, the, die is, the die is set, as, 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 as often said. Like, you know, what you're going to be is what you're going to be. And I thought what I would do uh, in the second half of the show is I have a fairly significant birthday coming up uh, this next week, one that ends in a zero. Um, and that's one of those birthdays that makes you sort of uh, have some perspective on things and then think about things a little bit. So what I'm, what I'm trying to do here after the break is talk a little bit about uh, you know, a couple of instances when I went through that thing where I went, no, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that and, and sort of talk through them. Because I think it's, you know, as I've gotten to meet a lot, a lot of people, as a lot of you know, we, we had our 600th, 600th show this past week, which is amazing, which means we've met, you know, roughly 600 people, and we've probably met hundreds more, uh, having been on the road and, and done lots of interesting things in this industry. But, you know, there's been a few interesting points in my life where I said, no, you know, I don't, I, I would love to be able to do that, but I don't think I can do that. And I kind of want to walk through some of the thought process that goes into that. And maybe it'll be something that, uh, you know, uh, you can, you can relate to as you're thinking about your career, as far as what you do, what you prioritize. And I'll get to that right after the break. Today's show is sponsored by BMC. And BMC wants to know, is your business on its A-game? The A-game is when systems are intelligent by learning from markets, where automation is paramount yet effortless, and when technology and people work as one in an enterprise. The A-game is your business at its absolute best. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. Find out more at bmc.com A-game. That's bmc.com A-game. And we're back. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, I thought what I would do, um, you know, mostly because, uh, you know, as I always try and connect the dots between at least a couple things that, that have me thinking the last week or two, you know, I've got this, this birthday coming up. It is one of those birthdays that, uh, you know, gives you some, some perspective on life to make you think about where you are, where you've been and where you want to go. Um, and also that, that sort of little anecdote on the Conan show, uh, with, with Slash, and it, it got me sort of thinking about the moments, uh, in my career, you know, especially as I've kind of transitioned from various stages of my career. Um, you know, when I, when I had sort of those moments where I, I literally remember telling myself, like, I don't think I could ever do that. 
And, you know, the very first time that it happened to me, so, you know, by way of background, and I don't know if I've ever really gone into this, um, you know, my background, uh, you know, in school uh, was, had nothing to do with computers. In fact, um, you know, I never really dealt with computers all that much in college, uh, you know, a little bit, some word processing stuff. Again, it dates myself. But, um, you know, computers were never really a thing. I was more of a finance and econ major. And for whatever reason, um, when I was getting out of school, the internet was just starting to explode. Uh, Yahoo was not yet a thing. Um, Google was not yet a thing. Um, and uh, and for whatever reason, through some connections of people I knew, uh, I ended up in the technology industry. Um, and part of it was, I think it was just because I didn't want to go do cold calling on Wall Street. Um, part of it was, you know, it was this sort of thing that was taking off and it was very competitive. And, and for me, that sort of scratched an itch. And so my first job actually was was in sales, which was very weird because um, by all you know measures, you know Myers Briggs and all those sort of things. Like I'm not a overly extroverted person. I'm probably sort of right in the line between being introverted and extroverted. And so I start doing the sales job, and part of the job was, uh, you know, we'd, we'd go off and we'd talk to different companies and we'd talk about technology, and obviously we were trying to sell them stuff. But, you know, there was constantly sort of, you know, people would ask you questions. Hey, does this technology do this? Does it work with this? Blah, blah, blah. And we had this thing where we could basically, if we ran into technical problems, we could call somebody and say, hey, uh, you know, whoever it was, um, hey, this is the customer's question. Does the technology do this? Or how would they solve this problem? And I remember one of the people that I talked to all the time, and I, I apologize for forgetting his name. That's one of my great weaknesses is, is remembering people's names. But I remember talking to him all the time and thinking, man, this guy is the smartest person I know. He knows the answer to every question. And, you know, however he did that, however he faked it, however he looked it up in books, you know, he came across as just the smartest person all the time, nicest person in the world. And he was doing, you know, more or less sort of tech support, if you will. And I remember talking to my manager at the time, and, and she was asking me what I wanted to do. And I thought, you know, and I told her, I said, you know, I'm really, I like the technology. It's pretty interesting to me. It's a lot of learning new stuff. And I said, you know, but I think I'm probably stuck doing sales forever because to be technical, I'd have to be as smart as the guy on the other end of the phone. Let's call him Mike because I can't remember his name. And I said, but I'll never be able to get there because I, I will never be that smart in technology. I'll never be able to figure those things out. And I remember her saying, you know, like, how old are you? And I think I was you know, 22, 23 at the time. She said, you know, you have no idea how much you can learn in a given a period of time if you put your mind to it. And, you know, I was a little skeptical at the time because, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of technology experience. I didn't know uh, what all there was to learn. But I remember uh, every single day there'd be a bunch of magazines that would show up. And this was back when there were tech magazines. So again, I'm, I'm dating myself. And I would just take them all. I'd take them all out of the mailroom and I would go and read them all and I would dig through them all and I'd read them at night. And then the next day I would come in and I'd ask, I'd have a whole bunch of things written down. I had sort of yellow markered, you know, sort of highlighted a bunch of things and I asked a whole bunch of questions. And I would go talk to my technical people and I'd go, hey, what does this mean? How does this work? And it was the first time in my life when I really, you know, maybe today we'd call it imposter syndrome, but it, then it really wasn't sort of imposter syndrome. It was just like, I don't know what I don't know. But it was a really good kind of remember learning experience of being like, oh, okay, this is possible. You just, you have to sort of take the first step, right? You have to dip your toe into it and you have to be really committed to whatever it was. And so for me at the time, it was trying to figure out enough technologies. And, uh, and anyway, anyways, long story short, went on to, to have a number of jobs that were actually, you know, hands-on technology, you know, involved with a lot of things. 
And then at some point, I'd done technology for three or four years. Uh, I'd gotten some certifications, um, was working at Cisco at the time, was a CCIE, and you know thought I knew some stuff, and was dealing with technology literally every day to the point where uh, you know, I, was, I felt like my identity at that point was, you know, how much technology do you know? And if you don't know it, um, you know, you're, you're sort of a flaw, but it gives you an opportunity to go learn it. But your, your identity at that point was you need to know everything about everything about every technology. And again, it was a small sample size because Cisco only did so many things. But I remember I had an opportunity at some point. I, I had said, well, maybe I want to move back to uh, my home state. Uh, I was living in North Carolina. Maybe I'll move back to my home state of Michigan. And an opportunity came up. But the opportunity was sort of half business-oriented and half technology-oriented. And I remember thinking, you know, if I ever take that job and I'm not doing technology every single day and I don't know the answer to every single question, how in the world am I going to be valuable to these people, right? They've, they've reached out to me because, you know, in my mind I thought, well, they, they think you're really technical, so that's the value that you provide. And I remember having one of those second moments where I thought, boy, if I'm not doing technology every day, if I'm not living with it hands-on every single day, how in the world am I going to provide any value? And and it was a great fear. It was, again, it was a, you know, this is my identity. I'm going to lose my identity. And again, maybe it was a, uh, you know, sort of imposter syndrome moment. I didn't, you know, I didn't even know the word at the time. Uh, but it was another one of those moments where, you know, I ended up making a decision. Uh, I ended up taking a role, not, not that role. I stayed in North Carolina, but another role that was, you know, sort of half technical, half business oriented. And, you know, it was it was a time of sort of like, what am I getting myself into? I don't know enough about this other stuff. I don't know how you blend these things together. I don't know how you take, you know, one skill and combine it with another skill that that on the surface don't seem like they necessarily go together. And, you know, ended up doing that for a few years, uh, found a lot of happiness in doing it, found that uh, the business side for me and even some of the communication stuff for me, which, you know, going back a few years was a weakness, had sort of evolved and had become something that I enjoyed, something that, um, you know, I was better than than the technical side of stuff. And the point of me going through all this stuff is not to give you a, a, you know, a history lesson or to, you know, kind of walk back through my career, but to sort of highlight that, you know, there's going to be moments in time in your career. And again, you know, my career has been a lot of times on, on the vendor side of things, what we'd call the vendor side of things, you know, the people that make technology and sell technology, but you could be anywhere in the industry that you're going to, you're going to kind of challenge yourself. You're going to say, you know, I really admire that person. I admire those kind of people or that kind of role, or, you know, I think there's an opportunity to do something different. And you're going to reach a point where you go, boy, what, what is my identity? What is my value? And you're going to have to make a decision, right? Am I willing to take a risk? Uh, you know, am I even able to do that stuff? And so I, you know, I think back about that in the same context that, that Conan sort of said, like, I never thought I could do that because they had, looked at somebody who was really, really good at it and had done it for years and years. And they thought, well, I'd like to get to there, but I don't, I feel like I've started too late. And, you know, I think at least for me in particular, and I can think of a lot of different people, I'll give you some, some names of people to go look up, but you know, there's really almost never a time in your career for the most part, there are a few exceptions, but for the most part where it's too late to say, if I really want to go do something to go do it, and we talk all the time on the show about, you know, going to training and learning new things and stuff. But sometimes it's just a matter of being like, I want to try something on the side, right? I, 
I really admire what somebody else does. I think that seems really interesting. Um, you know, and I'll just for myself speaking you know, from from experience and trust me, I've got as many failures as I've got successes in this in this career in this life. Um, you know, it, it you look back on it and you go, it's never too late. It might take you a year. It might take you two years. It might take you three years to get to a level, you know, and sometimes even more than that, to where you you aspired to. But the process, which you figure out over time, is the process is so much more interesting sometimes than the end goal. And you know, it's just sort of like this this podcast that that you all listen to. Like we got started, and I don't know that we necessarily had any people we were really looking up to. We just thought it was an interesting idea. We've watched a lot of people over the years get really good at it, and and we've sort of aspired to be as good as that. But you know, the process, how we've gotten from where we were when we first started to where we are today. And, you know, I think we're okay at it. I don't think we're great at it, but the process has been really interesting. It's been really rewarding. It's been, you know, we've gone through some failures. We've gone through some, you know, tough times of figuring out like, how do we make something better? We're not delivering what we want to do. We're not happy with what we're doing. Um, and I think that process is, is really interesting. And I, and I think maybe my own ignorance or unawareness of, you know, concepts like imposter syndrome, um, maybe maybe been a good thing for me, right? Like not necessarily knowing that I should be concerned about it. Um, you know, I've made plenty of dumb decisions. I've gone into plenty of things sort of like <laughs> eyes wide open and sometimes eyes wide shut. But, um, you know, I'd, I'd highly encourage if you do reach those moments where you're like, man, I really wish I could do that thing or I'd like to aspire to do that thing. And you, and you have that moment where you go, I don't think I could do that. Uh, I think I'm too far behind or I just don't think I could do that. Take a chance. It's, it's, you know, I've always found success or failure. It's, it's always worth the process. You're going to meet a lot of interesting people, you know, and I think back to at least two interesting people I've, I, I can immediately think of, uh, you know, that, that we've met over our career. I think we've had them on the show, at least one of them, probably both of them. One of them is Ashley McNamara, um, who a lot of, you know, uh, as, you know, running a, a really awesome engineering team and DevRel team over at Microsoft. Um, you know, one of the most outgoing people on Twitter and social media, uh, one of the nicest people you're going to meet in the industry. When I met her, she was a photographer. She didn't write any code. She was a photographer. You know, in fact, I, I knew her, her spouse at the time and she used to come to events and she was always super nice and she was, she was taking pictures and she was a very, very good photographer. And somewhere in that process, she had to teach herself a little bit of code, uh, basically to help her to do her, her photography business. And then she kept doing code and she kept coming to events and she kept meeting people and she kept being nice. And now she's somebody who, you know, writes uh, uh, really good tutorials and, and programs about how to get people into coding. You know, she leads teams of like world-class developers and DevRel people. And, you know, she did all that in a, you know, short period of time, relatively short period of time and did it having no idea where the outcome was. So she's somebody, you know, we've always sort of looked up to and said, you know, that was that was a pretty brave, bold, uh, you know, journey that she took. Another, <clears throat> another person I can think of is a guy named Tal Klein, who we got to know a long time ago, was, you know, one of the early, early people that's been on the, on the Cloudcast. And, you know, Tal uh, was a technical person. I think when we first met him, he eventually got into, into marketing, uh, has been with a couple of different interesting startups. And, and at some point he just decided, I want to write, you know, I have this creative mind, I want to write. And he's written, uh, you know, renowned, um, recognized, and award-winning uh, sci-fi books. And in fact, I think one of his books has been turned into a movie. And you know, that's one of those things that, again, you know, you may not completely change your career, you may not completely change everything about what you do, but you may be able to find that some combination of this new thing that you like to do, and maybe what you also have as a foundational background, 
are pretty interesting combination, right? It's, you know, it's sort of like, you know, when you, when you have two types of, of food get mashed together, like Asian fusion or Tex-Mex or whatever, you know, sort of combinations are out there. So, you know, there are, there are plenty of people out there. Uh, I, I, I highly encourage it. And it is, you know, it's one of those things that as I, I sit here and ponder uh, on this, you know, uh, milestone birthday, if you will, um, you know, some of those moments are, are really interesting. You think back on them and you're like, yeah, that was, that was a tough choice. It was a difficult decision. Uh, glad it turned out, uh, or at least it turned and steered me in a, in a good direction. And, you know, I feel like, um, you know, it's something that, uh, that all of you probably have in you. Uh, you just don't always know who to turn to, who to ask questions to. So if you're ever in that situation, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, you know, we're, we're happy to, to chat about it. If there's, you know, if you want us to introduce you to somebody who you aspire to, uh, I know we're lucky enough to, to get to talk to a lot of smart people. Um, let us know. We're happy to make introductions. We find that most of the people that come on the show are uh, really, really uh, generous with their time and, and you know, are people that, uh, you know, want to help because somebody helped them along the line. Somebody paid it forward for them as well. So uh, if we can do that or if we can help you in any way, um, you know, let us know. Um, again, for me, uh, this is, you know, Sunday perspective, Sunday monologue show, I guess it's me trying to connect the dots between, uh, you know, that, that one little comment from Conan and, and, you know, having a, having a birthday that puts some things in perspective for me. And, uh, hopefully some of these stories were, were useful. Uh, hopefully, uh, you all are having a good spring uh, getting a kick off to the spring. And last thing, uh, unfortunately, uh, the things going on in the Ukraine are still going on. Uh, it's very, very sad, especially, some of the pictures are just gut-wrenching. Um, and unfortunately, the people who used to listen to the show, um, you know, at least numbers-wise, aren't listening. And again, we hope that they're safe. We hope that, you know, they're focused on the most important things. And again, uh, hopefully, um, you know, at some point when listening to a podcast is uh, some sort of priority in their life, hopefully um, they'll be back and uh, we can only pray and, 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 you know, make donations and, and do other things. So, uh, our thoughts are, are out to those folks. And, um, you know, hopefully, uh, you're, if you have a chance to help out in any sort of way, that would be, uh, that would be great. So with that, we're going to wrap up. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Thanks for always listening to the podcast. Uh, you know, like we mentioned, uh, let us know how many you've listened to. If you started listening at a hundred or 50 or 400 or 500, uh, we'd just love to know. We'd love to know what your journey's been with us because uh, it's been a for us. It's been it's been a pretty amazing journey. So, thanks everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media.